right. Praise the Lord Lighthouse. No banners for me to run through. Amen. We'll just have to do it like normal. Amen. I would uh, recommend to you this church only has had a couple, maybe a few um, revivals that were designated for the entire church. Amen. I would recommend to you that you make it to this youth revival. Amen. Brother Aaron Wright is a man of God. He is very sensitive to the gifts of the Spirit and the, the leading of the Spirit. Amen. And I can assure you if we show up, uh, God won't mind, the youth group won't mind, and Pastor and Aaron Wright, they won't mind either. Amen. Why don't we stand to our feet, stand together. We do have several families out. Pastor is out with the flu, still has the flu tonight. Amen. And uh, many others have called just before church saying they are unable to be here, sweeping through their families. Amen. So pray for them. Amen. I guess pray for yourself. God put a hedge of health around you. <laughs> Amen. I believe he's able. We preached last uh, Sunday night on attacking absolutes. Amen. Tonight, I want to talk to you about attaining absolutes. Amen. Uh, obviously, if we have not attained the absolutes, and I use the word attain, not just because it sounds close to attack. I mean, that is kind of the thing that preachers do sometimes. But in, in its genuine definition, amen, it means something that you struggle or strive or work, amen, to achieve. We know that faith without works is dead. Can I get an amen? We depend on his grace and his mercy. And without it, uh, we, we cannot uh, obtain the things or attain the things that he needs us to, amen. But we certainly have to put the left foot in front of the right foot, and we have to put forth effort, amen. So attaining absolutes, uh, we do know that our enemy is always on the attack, amen. And so we must make sure that we have the proper weapons and tools and equipment, amen, that we need, amen, to, uh, to stay in the truth, amen, and to be effective in the kingdom of God. Can I get an amen? I think I'm going to let you be seated uh, tonight. I know I had you stand up, but this is quite a lengthy reading. If you'll promise to read along, amen, then you can be seated. If you're, if you're not going to read along, then maybe you can stand by yourself. Amen. 2 Kings chapter 5. Turn with me if you would. 2 Kings chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. We are going to read 15 uh, verses of Scripture. Now Naaman... Commander of the army of the king of Syria, I'm reading from the New King James Version, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, Mistress, if only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel. Then the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, now be advised when this letter comes to you that I have sent Naaman my servant to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and make alive that this man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy? 
Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. So it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house, and Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, He will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, Wash and be clean. So he went down and dipped seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his aides, and came and stood before him and said, Indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now, therefore, please take a gift from your servant. Amen. It is essential that we follow God's plan. Can I get an amen? Naaman was known for a lot of great things. He had a good reputation. He had done some mighty things. He was loved by his king. But then there's always that comma, but he was a leper. Amen? Every one of us, and most of you know that when leprosy is mentioned in the Bible, many times it is a type or a symbol, a man, of what we will deal with in life known as sin. Amen? When we talk about leprosy in the Bible, we can all, almost always mirror that to mean that there was a sin problem if we are trying to apply that to our own lives. Amen? Naaman had done a lot of good things. He had a good reputation. He was considered, probably by most, to be a good man. Amen? Comma, but Naaman was a leper. He had that problem in his life. He had that disease in his life. Amen? That was uh, something that he dealt with on a daily basis. And so scripture tells us that being a mighty man, amen, they had gone on raids. And lo and behold, they had captured this young girl from from the camp of Israel, amen, and they had brought her. And so she finds out that the woman that she is serving, the wife of, or the mistress of Naaman, amen, that he has leprosy, and she says, oh, that my master would just go to Israel, amen, and find the prophet, and he would heal him of his leprosy. You heard it, you, you heard me read it, amen. Here's the thing, Naaman goes down, and you know, you, you heard the process, but eventually he finds himself standing in front of the house of the prophet. And the prophet doesn't even bother to come out himself, but simply tells his messenger, go out and let Naaman know if he will just go dip in the Jordan, he'll be clean. Very simple, right? And so Naaman gets upset, and I believe if you're in the King James Version here, Brother Buford, that it would probably say that he was wroth. In other words, he was furious. He was upset 
This was a man that I guarantee you, if the prophet had walked out on the front porch and said, I need you to go conquer a hundred men and bring me their weapons and bring me their families and, and, and conquer the, these hundred men and bring me all of their spoils and God will heal you. He would have snatched up his armies. He would have grabbed his men. If he would have said, uh, Naaman, if you go climb the highest mountain in, in all of Israel and you bring down the coldest, amen, drink of water that you can find in the hollow of a rock, if he would have just given him something outrageous to do, Naaman would have mounted his horse and he would have rode off into the sunset and he would have taken whoever or whatever he needed and he would have gotten the job done. But something very simple was said to him. Go to Jordan, dip, and be clean. He wasn't comfortable with that. In fact, he even says, I thought surely the man of God would have come out and waved his hand over the place and the leprosy would have been healed. He was looking for that, that power moment where everybody would see the power take place and the transformation take place in his body. He was looking for that. I, I don't know if he was looking for a magic moment, but I don't know how else to explain, amen, what he was looking for that wave of the hand over the place other than he was looking for a magic moment, amen. Then he starts to suggest, okay, well, how about not the Jordan, but what about Abana and Farpar in Damascus? Amen. If you'll do any research on that, you'll find out that those rivers were much shallower. They ran a little slower. They were known for being a little more clean, a little pure. They were more easily accessible, amen, to get into. And he was saying, well, how about... You at least let me keep my dignity and, and don't make me crawl down a muddy bank and slip and slide down into this swift, muddy Jordan, amen, and dip in that river. Why can't I do it another way, amen? It seems like, amen, that tends to be what we as human beings want to do. We, we, it's almost like we want to overcomplicate it. We, we, you know, we want, we want pastor to give us a list of 100 things that we've got to accomplish before the trumpet sounds, amen. And man, we'll get to work. We'll start working on those things. And if you could just give me a laundry list of the things that I need to go home and clean up in my life or clean up in my family. If somebody would just tell me exactly what I've got to do or, you know what, I, I, I wonder if somebody could just, I'm waiting for that magic message to be preached. I'm waiting for that magic lesson, that magic word to be said where everything in my life will finally just line up and get in order and I'll live for God and I'll serve, for God, I'll serve God for the rest of my life. We're all looking for that magic message, that, that word that finally changes it all. You know, some of us, it seems like we sit and we fold our arms or cross our legs and we wait for just the right song to get our motor turning so that we can stand and feel like lifting our hands and lifting our our arms to worship him it's as simple as this amen the bible has laid out and god has said amen throughout scripture what he requires of us amen and many times it is the simple things it is to just abstain from evil things it is to keep yourself out of trouble it is cer there's certain places that he will quicken you in the holy ghost and you need to just uh, amen respond to that and stay out of those circumstances or stay away 
from those people or leave that conversation or get off of that website or you you know it's just simple obedience to the to the to the spirit and the move and the voice of God many times it's as simple as being spelled out and drawn out in the word of God for us amen and yet we still Wait for that mighty thing to happen or be said or to take place. And literally, all we had to do all along was just obey. Amen? Simple. And so, after saying all of that, he finally gets some... I'm kind of surprised that he must have been a really good leader because I'm actually a little surprised that his servants, Brother Buford, could come to him and say, Well, you know, Naaman... Uh, if the man of God would have asked you to do some great thing, well, you know, you would, have, you would have rode off into the sunset and you would have done it. But all he's asked you to do is to go dip in the Jordan seven times. So somehow he submits to that and he, he uh, uh, walks over to that river Jordan and we find out that he dips once and twice and five times. And on that seventh time, he comes up out of the water and the Bible says that just like the man of God said it, just like God promised it, he came out, washed, and made clean, and made whole. Amen? I'm thankful that we have a simple process that God has provided for us when it comes to the, the subject of salvation. I am thankful that he said, when somebody said, what must we do? The answer was, the answer was given. There wasn't a waving of a hand. There wasn't a, Peter didn't throw out a magic uh, potion. Uh, Peter didn't say, well, what you've got to do is saddle up your horses and get all your people together and, and go out and do something. He didn't say, you have to do anything great. In fact, when Peter was asked, what must we do? He stood there as a simple man, as a fisherman, an ignorant fisherman, and he said, it's as simple as this. The work has already been done at Calvary. You simply have to obey, hallelujah, and identify yourself with the death and the burial and the resurrection. And this was his answer. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and ye shall receive the gift of of the Holy Ghost. But somehow we look beyond that and we're waiting for, but but when does it get complicated and when does it get difficult? It doesn't. It's simple obedience, hallelujah, and you shall be saved. Can I get an amen? It's essential in all aspects of life and Christian living, amen, that we follow the plan of God. We could mention, and maybe Sunday night I did on a few, all those that didn't obey and didn't do what they were supposed to do, amen. But there are plenty in the Bible that we can look to that obeyed the plan and the purpose and the blueprints that God laid out. And Think about Noah was given the exact blueprints of the ark that he must build. A man that was given blueprints to build something that he never, ever had a reason to have before in his life. In fact, Hebrews tells us that he built that ark, amen, having never seen rain before, amen. So God was telling him, here are the blueprints. Here's the layout. Here's what I want you to do, amen. And if you build it, I'm going to save your family. And whoever will obey and get on the ark, we'll deliver them, amen, and we'll pull them out of their circumstance and so Noah did he followed the blueprint what if something as
as simple as Noah would have said at that final moment when God uh, 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 gave him the unctioning and nudged him and said, Noah, it's time to close the door. It's time to draw up the gate and shut up the ark. What if Noah would have said, well, I understand but I want to wait maybe till tomorrow. Or maybe I'll wait till the next day. I just, you know, I just don't feel like this is the moment. I'm waiting for that magic thing to happen. I'm waiting for the right song or the right word or the right preacher or the right circumstance. What if he would have hesitated? I'm here to tell you he wouldn't have been following God's plan and they would have found that boat at the bottom of some ocean somewhere, amen? Because if you would have left the door open, it would have flooded just like the rest of the earth, amen? But his obedience got him to shut the door and his family, his sons, and their wives were spared. Amen? Amen. Moses in the tabernacle, praise God, there were specific instructions of where to put the laver and where to put the altar and where to put the candlesticks and where to put the table of showbread and where to uh, assemble the curtain, amen, and what should be behind the curtain and who was allowed to go there and what they ought to be wearing, amen. There were specific instructions and when they were disobeyed, there was a great price to pay, but when they were obeyed, there was a mighty and wonderful reward, amen. Their sins would be rolled forward for another year, amen, and they would not, and on that day of atonement, when that blood would be sprinkled on that altar, that simple obedience, amen, not trying to complicate it, not trying to put man's touch on it, amen, but just doing it God's way was absolutely important. David, at the gathering of all the materials for the temple, amen, did what he was told to do. Solomon, at the building of that temple, did what he was told to do, amen. Esther, Facing, amen, death even from the king. If she didn't do things just the way God had laid it out, the fasting and the preparation, amen, and the humility to wait for him to extend that scepter to her, amen. If she had done it her way or if she had, amen, even worse, if she had disobeyed God and decided that she wasn't going to do it at all, amen, and she was going to run from her calling because she said there is, a there is a cause, amen, that there is such a time as this, amen. Amen. She knew that this was her time. This was her moment. If she had ran from it, watch this. All of God's people would have been exterminated. Amen. There's power in simple obedience. Amen. In fact, James says it like this. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. In this scripture, amen, James is even referring back, and our pastor is teaching in James right now. So once again, I'm, I'm, I'm where pastor is teaching, and I hope that I don't say something and he just blows it out of the water next week. But that's, that's all right. That's, that's God keeping us in step, amen. But he mentions uh, what James is saying here when he says, for them that know to do good and do it not, to them it is sin. He's referencing even back to James chapter 1 and verses 22 through 24 when he says, amen, don't just be doers, or don't just be hearers, but be doers of the word, amen. He's saying if you're sitting here and you're getting the instructions, amen, then do something with them. Don't just hear them. Don't wait for that feeling. Amen. Because watch this. Nothing, amen, spurs us into action for the Buford like getting a feeling. 
I've been in a service, amen, I've been in many services where something is preached or a, a song has been sung or somebody gives a testimony or you see someone healed or delivered or, or chains are broken. You see these great things and you get this feeling that, you know what, I can make it, I can do it, I can get up tomorrow and I can fight again. I, there, uh, you know, my God is powerful. He can do anything. You get that feeling, amen, and I'm here to warn you that when you get those feelings that there are actions that need to be taken and you just sit on that feeling and you don't respond to it it's not going to be long amen until since you're not taking action on those feelings it's not going to be long until the feeling stops coming can I get an amen it's not going to be long until God is going to nudge you and nudge you and nudge you on the same thing over and over again until you become numb to that thing. That's why James was saying, let me tell you something. It Don't just be a hearer, but be a doer. When you feel an unctioning in your spirit, when you feel those goosebumps get going, when you feel that charge, when you hear that, uh, that charge in your spirit that it's time, the trumpet is sound, let's fight, let's mount up, let's go do what we need to do and when you feel that that's the time to act upon it amen that's the time to go home and get the house in order that's the time amen to 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 love the brother to love the neighbor to reach the people amen that is the time amen to act on your feeling don't put that away because he says eventually he says he is warning us amen that because you feel that that feeling and you don't take action eventually it's going to be an, an accusation against you because he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin amen Satan praise the Lord our adversary our enemy has been attacking absolutes of truth since the beginning we talked about that Sunday night if we don't maintain the truth in our lives by clinging to some of uh, the simple biblical absolutes, we leave the door open to our enemy, amen, to come in and steal and kill and destroy. Can I get an amen? So we have to get those absolutes in our life, and we have to not just attain them, but maintain them. We have to keep them in our life, amen? The things that we talked about Sunday night, I want to talk about just a few of them. We talked about, uh, amen, what we would, who we would put or what we would put in the sniper towers. Well, since this is a Wednesday night Bible study, we'll call them, amen, the four corners of truth. Because that sounds a little more Wednesday night-ish, amen? Number one. The Word of God. We talked about the Word of God. Let me tell you something. Every time I start a new Bible study, Brother Steve will tell you this. Every time I start a new Bible study, whether it's with a new convert or whether it's a, a discipleship, amen, a, a opportunity, I start teaching them about the fundamentals of reading and understanding and studying and rightly dividing the Word of God. Let me tell you why. Because everyone, if you go all the way back to the beginning of the written word, everyone that teaches and preaches and experiences or finds the truth or finds salvation, amen, they started in the scriptures. It all started with the word of God. Can I get an amen? So I am convinced that if I can teach somebody only one lesson, if I only get one lesson with them and then they abandon or they run or they get scared, amen, or they get too busy or whatever the case may be, if I can just bend their ear one time and say, 
get in the word, get in the word, get in the word, get in the word, then I know that one day, there may be that day that they're sitting on the edge of their bed. They're at the lowest moment in their life. And they're, maybe they're depressed or they're alone, amen, or maybe they're on the mountaintop and they've hit it rich and they're wealthy, but they will have that one moment. I'm convinced that they'll have that one moment where they're sitting there and that Bible that they once used to scour through, amen, and used to go through it up and down the pages and listen, amen. It was the first thing that they heard that's begin to tug at the heartstrings of their uh, of their life, amen. I believe that there will be a moment where they will remember something that was said in that first Bible study and they'll begin to flip those pages again. And let me tell you something. If somebody will begin to turn the pages of Scripture, they have a chance, amen. If somebody, amen, will begin to look up and down those black and white and red lettered pages, amen, and see the things that God is pointing to, amen, and see the things that Christ said and see the teachings of the disciples and the apostles, I'm here to tell you that's that person's greatest chance and their greatest opportunity to have their life snatched up and turned around and something tug at them and them come running back to the feet of the master. I believe that. So the first lesson I teach in any Bible study or discipleship course is I teach them the word of God and how important it is. Read a couple of scriptures with me, if you will. John 5, 39 says this. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are which testify of me. You can go to the New Living Translation. It'll say, you read the scriptures because you think that's how you gain eternal life. But really, those scriptures point to me. I'm here to tell you, if you will get in the word of God, amen, every time you turn a page, that page is going to be pointing to Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if you're a Genesis or Exodus or Leviticus or Numbers or Deuteronomy. It doesn't matter if you're in the Kings or in the Chronicles or the major prophets or the minor prophets or the New Testament. Hallelujah. They are pointing to Jesus Christ. Amen. And he is saying, you read the scriptures not because they give you eternal life, but because they point to me, amen. This was Jesus speaking. Psalm says, amen, 119, Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. Joshua says, I love this scripture when I'm talking about the word of God. This is one of my favorite. In fact, I rehearse it to myself once in a while. Joshua 1, verses 7 and 8. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. He's talking about the words of God. Amen. Turn not from it to the right hand nor to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Watch this. This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, then... Thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. If you want to prosper and be successful in the kingdom of God. Now, I'm not talking about hitting it rich. I'm not talking about finally getting your Mercedes or your bass boat. Amen. What I'm talking about is success and prospering in the kingdom of God, in your relationship with God. He says, do this. Get in my word and don't go to the left and don't go to the right. Amen. But stay in my word. Amen. And do like I have told you to do. Amen. And he says, you will prosper and you will have success. Amen. 
It's not complicated. I'm not waving my magic hand over you, amen. It's simple obedience to the word of God. Number two, we talked about Sunday night and mentioned it, amen, as a, as a pillar or a corner to help you in the truth, amen, is going to be prayer, praise God. Prayer is literally a consistent and constant open line of communication with God. The Bible tells us, that we ought to pray without ceasing, amen. You don't see any holes worn in the knees of my pants, amen. I don't walk around and work all day long on my knees in prayer. It's a constant and consistent open line of communication with God. If you will pray without ceasing, in other words, your spiritual ears are open and in tune to him because you have maintained a relationship with God, a personal relationship with him. I'm here to tell you, there will be those moments Moments where you're about to walk into something and that still small voice will check you and tell you that's not the place you ought to be. Those aren't the people you ought to be with. Those aren't the things you ought to be doing. You might be in mid-conversation and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will say those aren't the things that you ought to be saying. Amen. You might be in mid-conversation and you might be talking to somebody that God is trying to win and draw to himself and you'll find yourself I'm speaking from experience and many of you, if you'll give me an amen and confirm it, many of you will say amen that you have been talking to people and you begin to quote and, and, and recite scriptures to them that you don't remember memorizing. You, memorizing. You don't remember, amen, writing down or ever even reading but somehow, amen, because you had that open line of communication with God, he began to speak freely through you, amen, and he began to minister to a hurting heart and a troubled mind and a lost soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I found myself, amen, and I, I'm, I know I'm getting excited on Wednesday night Bible study, but I have found myself talking to somebody that's lost and undone, amen, and their relationship at home is broken and they're hurting and they're weeping to me in the warehouse of my work, amen. I've been talking to people in their homes and they were sick, amen, and they were hurting, amen, and I just felt that there was that check that maybe society said, you don't mention God to people because they might reject that, but there was something in that open line of communication that said tell them Jesus is their answer tell them that if they'll call his name he will hear them tell them that in their greatest pain I have a man that I work with that's an atheist amen and he hurt his back you know what I did for him I laid hands on him and I prayed for him in the name of Jesus Christ and watch this he said that's good for you and I'm, I'll take whatever I can get and God healed him did he ever come back and thank him I don't know did he ever believe no, sir, he still claims to be an atheist. But there's that open line of communication, amen, that we've got to listen and respond, amen, to when he calls our name, amen. There's those times, praise the Lord, where you haven't had time to pray, but you're traveling down the highway, amen, and something happens, and you, everybody, probably everybody here has done it, and the only thing you know to do is call the name of Jesus. The only thing you know to do is shout, or scream or cry help me Lord you don't know where else to go or what else to turn it helps amen if you have an open line of communication with heaven it helps if your prayers have already been circling the throne of God amen it helps amen if he's used to hearing your voice if he's familiar with your voice amen crying out to him and calling to him amen when you need him and when you feel like you don't amen all right, let me slow it back down, sorry. 
Why do we pray, amen? Why is that so important? Well, number one, since we're talking about obedience, number one is because we are instructed to, amen? Psalms chapter 2, beginning with verse 8, says, Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Luke 18 and 1 says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not faint. Amen. Number two reason why we pray. Prayer is effective. James again, 5.16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If we will pray, we will get results. I'll wait for you to join me. If we will pray, we will get results. Amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Prayer is effective. Prayer changes the person. Amen. How many has ever heard birds of a feather flock together? Anybody ever heard that? Parents ever tell you when you were growing up, you didn't need to be running around with that crowd or talking to that person because everybody's going to think you're like that and that's how you act and I've been told that way. I've been the guy that they said, don't run around with that guy. <laughs> you need to stay away from that dude. People are going to think bad of you, amen. People are going to start thinking you're like that. Amen. I've been that guy. I've been with those people, amen. Birds of a feather flock together. Listen to me. In prayer, we are spending time with Jesus. Amen. We're not just going through a ritual. We're not just doing something religious. We're doing something relationship. We are spending time with him. And the more time we spend with someone, the more in common we have with them. I want to be like him. The more time I spend with him, the more I am like him. The more I will take on the mind of Christ, the actions of Christ, amen, and the will, amen, of Jesus in my life. Amen? That's why we pray. Jesus put a great emphasis on prayer. I don't want to read every one of these scriptures. I'm aware of the time. I don't want to keep you late. Amen. But let me mention them. Amen. He put a great emphasis on prayer himself. His first sermon, amen, covered prayer. That was in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus prayed at uh, baptism. That was in Luke 3. He prayed before calling all of his disciples. That was Luke 6. He prayed before raising Lazarus from the dead in John 11. And he prayed with his last breath on the cross. In Luke 23, Jesus exemplified. He's our ultimate example. He exemplified to us that in every area and instant and moment of your life, it's appropriate to consult him. Amen? Amen. He was demonstrating to us that it is absolutely essential that we pray. Number three, faithfulness. Deuteronomy chapter 6 says this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Say, that's simple. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. Amen. Proverbs 3 says this, Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and 
man. Amen. 1 Samuel 12, 24 says, Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart, for consider how great things he hath done for you. Here's why being faithful is important. Faithful shows uh, both to God and your fellow man that you are loyal, that you are trustworthy, that you are dedicated, amen, that you are committed. When you are faithful, praise the Lord, to the word of God, to prayer, amen, when you are faithful to the men and women of God, when you are faithful to the house of God, you are sending not just a message to heaven, but that message is to heaven that God, I'm dedicated, I'm committed, I'm going to be here, I'm consecrated, I'm, 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 gonna, I'm giving my life to you, I'd rather be here than anywhere else, amen, but you're also sending a message to those around you that you can be relied upon, that you are dependable. People will begin to think and know and recognize that because you're faithful to the house of God, you're faithful to your giving. You're faithful to the man of God. You're faithful to the people of God. You're faithful to the services, amen, that we have here. And, and all of the, you're faithful in the community. If you show uh, and you exemplify and demonstrate that you are faithful, amen, people will begin to trust you, amen. And watch this. That is what makes you usable. Amen. That's what makes you usable by God. And that's what makes you usable by man, amen. That's what will make men and women follow you. You can have all of the calling and the anointing, amen, on your life. And we know that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. We know that. God can call you. God can gift you. God can anoint you, amen. But if you refuse to be faithful, you, you are almost refusing to be used. People won't follow somebody that's unfaithful. And God won't use someone that is unfaithful. Okay, amen then. Amen. Number four, let's move on. Number four, allow, listen to me close, allow your pastor to pastor you. Remember we talked about that fourth tower? Tonight it's a cornerstone or a wall or a pillar allow your pastor to pastor you let me read some scripture to you Acts chapter 20 verse beginning with verse 28 I'm going to read this in two different versions I'm going to read it in the New King James uh, that's the one that I happen to, to like and read the most the New King James version then I'm also going to read it in the New Living Translation I think you'll enjoy that one amen but Acts chapter 20 beginning with verse 28 it says, therefore, take heed to yourselves, to all the flock. This is a, a message to the ministry. To all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. To shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. How many knew that? Pastor has been placed to shepherd the flock of God. To shepherd the church, amen. And take care of the church that God shed his own blood blood for that's a pretty big responsibility right amen I'll let you go in just a few minutes just spare me a few more amens <laughs> save them don't use them all up he purchased his own blood for I know this that after my departure savage wolves will come in among you not sparing the flock also from among yourselves men will rise up speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore, watch and remember 
that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. Say, thank you, Pastor. In the New Living Translation, it says this. So guard yourselves and God's people. Feed the shepherd. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as elders. I know that false teachers like vicious wolves will come in among you after I leave, not sparing the flock. Even some men from your own group will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw a following. Watch out. Remember the three years I was with you, my constant watch and care over you night and day, and my many tears for you. Amen. That's a pastor. That's a shepherd. Amen. He can only pastor you, though, by your permission. You have to give pastor permission to pastor you. Amen. I have to give pastor permission to to pastor me, amen. It doesn't do any good for me to go into his office with a question or a concern, amen, and I've already decided what the answer is or I've already decided what I'm going to accept for advice or I've already decided what direction I'm going to go in regardless of what advice he go, whatever advice he gives me. I just hope that his, his ideas and advice line up with mine. He has been given charge to shepherd the flock and God's church that God shed his own blood for. Amen? We've got to give him permission. We've got to give him a chance, amen, to pastor us. We will not always agree with pastor. Amen? We will not always understand. We won't always get it. Amen? At, at first, it may not make sense, praise the Lord. And he cannot always be right, amen, but he was appointed and anointed by God, and if we will actually submit ourselves to him and the vision that God has given him, only then will we be most effective in the kingdom. Only then. Let me give you the magic, and this is, this is where everybody cringes. Let me give you the magic word. <laughs> I see you smiling over there, Brother Buford. Let me give you the magic word to making all of this effective in your life. One word, submission. Who knew it was coming? A few of you, good. One word, submission. How was prayer submission? If my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. There's a submission. There's a saying, I'm going to get down on my knees and I'm going to submit myself to a God that is above my ways. He's above my thinking. He's above my ideas and I'm going to pray. I'm going to submit myself to the word of God. In other words, I'm not going to twist it and, 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 and mold it and shape it and try to get it to line up to my life. I'm going to submit like clay in the master's hands. Amen. I'm going to submit my life to the word of God. I'm going to let it mold me and shape me. Amen. How is faithfulness, faithfulness submission? Amen. That's because that's saying not, not my will. I'm not going to do tonight what I feel like I want to do or what maybe uh, 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 what I would prefer to do. Amen. But rather for, for the sake of my brother and sister, for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of my, for, for my own sake and for the sake, amen, of the kingdom of God, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to stay loyal. I'm going to stay trustworthy and dependable. Amen. And then obviously we've got to submit to our pastor. Amen. And give him permission to pastor us. How, amen, can you be a stronger Christian and a greater contributor to the kingdom of God? It's by submission. 
As soon as you know all the answers and you know what to do in every circumstance and situation, because I don't know and I don't know that anybody knows, amen, in every circumstance and situation. But as soon as you say, no matter what I do know or don't know, my life is in his hands. My life is going to line up with his word. I'm going to maintain my relationship with him. If we can do just those things, if those things can maintain and, and, and stay absolutes in your life and in my life, we have the greatest chance. Amen? Heaven is our goal. And heaven requires that we stay in the truth. Somebody open the blinds so I can see what church I'm in. It requires that we stay in the truth, and staying in the truth means that we've got to get rooted and grounded in the Word of God and our relationship with God, get rooted and grounded in this church, amen, and stay in the truth, and then every one of us can make it, amen. We live in a world right now where truth, man, I mean... <laughs> truth, truth let, let's forget about talking about the Bible or talking about spiritual things. Things that are just obvious in the world, amen. I mean, we've got folks that are arguing and debating about whether boys should go in the boys' bathroom and girls should go in the girls' bathroom. I'm not trying to pick on that because that's, that's a, a, the, the latest and greatest thing. Folks, it's going to get worse and darker than that. I mean, that's just, that's just what's going on right now. But what that is a result of, it's a collusion between the spirit of the world and our adversary, the devil, to suppress the truth. Not just spiritual, biblical truth, just truth. It's, a, it's an inability, when you suppress truth, there is an inability, amen, to make right and sane, amen, decisions and calls. Just in general. We have to stay, Sister Sorrels, on the, on the wall and be watchmen of the night, amen, and make sure that that never trickles or filters into the church. We can't allow that trend, that, that amen, uh, 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 of, of, of there's, just, there's your truth and my truth and our truth and we just bend whatever we think today is what matters, amen. No, 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 no. When it comes to the ways and the plans of God, there is a blueprint that has been given and we've got to follow it. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God's character has not changed. Amen. He has not changed. His expectations are the same. Amen. He wants his people to follow his plan, his purpose, his way, and there is no other way. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I am the life. Amen. Let's stand to our feet.